This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome into the Lake Show on this Tuesday evening here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Gorgeous day today. Wasn't cold, wasn't hot. was almost, I don't want to say perfect because I like it hot. But uh, it was a, it was a really really beautiful day here in the uh, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. I am your host Henry Lake, alongside Josh Wheeler, who's producing tonight as well. Uh, I've got another show tomorrow night, and then Thursday, Friday, I'm off the rest of this week traveling um, for uh, a memorial service for a family member. And I think that uh, Stevie T, Steve Thompson, he's got you locked. Uh, he does have you locked and loaded for Thursday and Friday. And I appreciate you listening to us here on the Good Neighbor. I wanted to start tonight's show. Uh, we got plenty of sports stuff that we'll get to at some particular point, but I did want to talk about the visit um, here locally yesterday from U.S. Supreme Court Justice uh, Amy um, Coney Barrett. And th- there's been a lot of of talk about her coming to the University of Minnesota. Okay? And the issue that I have with um, people looking at her visiting and not wanting her to come is that everybody out there um, is entitled to their opinion with regards to whether you want somebody to come visit or not. Okay? Everybody has that right. I am not a fan of hers. Okay? Uh, let me state that. And I think that many of you know kind of where I sit or reside in terms of my thoughts Uh, politically um, in our country. But at the end of the day, I can't get on board with folks that says that say that, that she never should have been here, never should have been afforded the opportunity to come to the university of Minnesota. So I want to start there. And I say that because I am somebody that when we look at the lives that we live and lead, that I believe in protest, okay? I believe in protest. And she has every right to come to the University of Minnesota. And I think that those that are vocal against her and what she stands for, um, what she believes in, her thoughts, um, and how she, she, she you know, um, conducts herself with the U.S. Supreme Court, you have every right to go protest, I believe in protest. I'm a Morehouse College graduate, right? Like, just go and look at the people that attended my great institution, most notably Martin Luther King Jr., 
So, yes, part of my existence, who I am, going back to when I was in school and we marched revolving around certain things that were going on in the country, I believe everybody out there has a right to protest. And I applaud students at the University of Minnesota for protesting if that is what they wanted to do. Speak up. Utilize your voice. Give your opinion. But to say that that she should never have been afforded the opportunity to come to the University of Minnesota, I, 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 I don't see eye to eye with that. Now, clearly, to me, there are lines. When we talk about institutions of higher learning, having people come to their campuses. When we have people that are from outlandish groups with, you know, racist takes are are very, I mean, the worst of the worst, right? We get that there are a lot of institutions that have invited and then rescinded that and said, no, 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 this is not something that we want to be a part of. I don't think that her coming here is that. But I'd love to get your reaction and your opinion at 651-461-9226. And the other part about this situation, though, is I'm a little bit at odds with the University of Minnesota from one specific standpoint with her coming to the U. And that has to do with the, the individual that is conducting the conversation and the talk and speaking to Justice Barrett. So let me read you this quick little blurb from the Star Tribune and Rochelle Olson, where it states that she had a polite question and answer session with former Dean Robert Stein. My question would be this when, when, when we look at this little quick snippet. It says that, that as the protesters chanted in the, in the balcony, Baird sat silently on the stage um, amongst the, the spectators. Um, there were numerous judges, justices, lawyers, and students at the ticketed but free public event. Um, it says that Stein asked whether the court should adopt a code of conduct, a prospect that has been widely discussed following numerous revelations about lavish gifts. So he asked that question. But it says that this basically, just to summarize, it says Stein's gentle approach. It was just a softball conversation. I'm trying to figure out where does the University of Minnesota benefit by Mr. Stein inviting her but not asking tough questions. I don't understand that particular part of it. Did not press her with difficult follow-up questions on controversial matters. So I guess in a 90-minute event, okay, and, and the Star Tribune says it's gentle questioning. Why extend the invitation for this lecture series Mm -hmm. if you're not going to ask? We are living through some times. 
And people have a lot of questions. And you know what? There are a lot of Americans that are not happy yeah. about what's going on today. Why invite her and it just be a softball situation? That part I don't get. I don't think that I don't think that the the students or anybody a part of that event benefits from that event. Isn't maybe the fact that hey, we can say we invited her, we did it, and but what's the point? I, that, that's that, that's my question. What that is, is the, the point, point of that? I think that is the point is just saying, hey, we did, we did our due diligence and we invited her and we didn't, you know, we didn't bust any, you know, bust any balls or ask any tough, tough questions in the process. But what's we, the point of inviting? No, inviting somebody, I get what you're saying. inviting somebody for the sake of just saying, yeah, we, we invited yeah, them yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. But that, that doesn't do anything. Any, that doesn't do anybody any good. No. I, I don't understand. Worst like, things have happened. Like, like I, I get what you're saying, but to me, that's. That should not be the point yeah. of a lecture series. Well, yeah. But back to your point A about this, too, the fact that people were protesting and not wanting to give her the right to speak, mm-hmm. that's childish. I think, that's, I think it's completely childish to not give someone what's obviously is just – and let me be so clear right. here. And let me be clear here. I have no issue with protesting. No, it. no, not at all. I have no issue with – but but to to think that – a university, yeah. an institution of higher learning, yep. not going to have a Supreme Court justice be on campus or they should be denied mm-hmm. that op- I, No, 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 we're not. Yeah, I, I just, no, I, I'm not sorry. We, we, can, we can sit down. We can have conversations. Yep. They can be difficult questions. We, look, if, if we can have – to me, this is the way it should have happened. Yeah. And we can take phone calls at 651 461 Nine two two six. That if you're going to have a ninety-minute event, if the individual that is leading the lecture and asking the question, if they want to have the first hour, so be it. Yeah, for sure. Then, then, then ask. Then, then have people that want to ask the tough, difficult questions. Have them do the last thir- – not, not have them lead it, but have them – because he's moderating it, right? Yeah, yeah. Have them Have them be available so that they could be able to offer up a question. This sounds like it was a very much – now, I don't, I, don't, I don't have all the 100% context details whatever. This sounds very much like a tiptoe situation. Like, we brought you in, but we're going to kind of do a little bit of a dance around what uh, – the, the matters that need to <laughs> – vastly need to be addressed tonight. Yeah, I, I just and, and that is that is the the issue that I have. Like when you're talking about somebody, and we know that the topic of abortion, okay, is one of the main things that people are talking about in our country mm-hmm. here the last couple of years. I mean, people should have been allowed to to ask her a question about it yeah. or two, yeah, or her address it, but to tiptoe and. I just don't think that the University of Minnesota benefits from her coming here, and then you're not going to ask any difficult questions at all. Love to get your reaction. 651-461-9226. This from the 952. Protest is fine. Censorship is not. Free speech is for everyone, not just whoever I agree with. And the tickets were free. We mentioned that. Um, Who doesn't like a free speech? Now, I, I agree with you in principle. But not everything should be allowed 
on said college campus. If a person that believes that racism should be promoted and elevated in our country, no. Heck no, they should not be allowed an opportunity to speak at the University of Minnesota. Let's go to Pete in Minneapolis. What's up, Pete? Yeah, I agree 100% with, uh, you know, them extending the invitation. I mean, if we can't have a Supreme Court justice, I mean, that's an honor to have a Supreme Court justice come to the university. You know, whether you agree or disagree with their rulings, you know, I think that's an honor. Um, Your second part point, though, about the softball questions, I don't know what was done. You said it was 90 minutes, so what happened before that? A, B. What happened before uh, what? Before the questions were asked or how, you know, whatever. The event was 90 minutes. The the Star Tribune says the event was 90 minutes. Right. So did she, I mean, what what preceded the softball, your quote, questions mm-hmm. i mean what did what did she talk about she, maybe she answers some of that and i don't know i just don't know but hold on what hold on hold, but, but hold on pete hold on pete I, i'm only going based off of the article and what we're talking about here in terms of the information that we know that it was a 90 minute event w- with all due respect I'm, i mean i really can't give her any leeway and say that there was another additional 30 minutes that led into the 90 minutes. Like, I don't know the entire course of her day. Right, I know. All right, so, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. All I'm saying is maybe, maybe some of these things that people wanted to know about were already discussed. That's all I'm saying based on what you said you read. But based okay, on what, so, though? Based on what, 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 what would give you the, the idea that she knocked uh, questions out of the park she, prior to the event? I don't know. I'm just saying hypothetically it could have been. That's I all. mean, there's a lot of hypotheticals that we could go with, Pete. All right, all right, all right. Okay, <laughs> all right, you're right. Okay, but she's a Supreme Court justice, yeah. right? Yep. So she renders opinions, you know, for, against, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, these are college students, so yep. anybody who wants to can research her opinions online. You know, it's not a big mystery. We know that. That's the reason why she had protesters, Pete. We know that. Right. Right. Well, so what's, I don't know. I don't understand what, what you're so upset about. No, my, my point is there's a couple of points here. The first point was what you just addressed in the opening part of you calling in where I said that she should have been afforded the opportunity to come to the University of Minnesota. My second point, which you just touched on, is the fact that I don't think that it was necessarily the most effective use of time of a Supreme Court justice to just have them here, to have them toss softball questions at them. And you're telling me that in a 90-minute event, well, what happened the hour before? Who knows what happened the five hours before? I'm only speaking about the 90-minute event, Pete. I, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? I do, but I don't think you have enough information to make that determination. And you don't either. We're both going off of the premise of I what don't. we're talking about. I don't. I'm, which, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just trying to be like a lawyer, you know, in, in court and say, you know, here's here's what could have happened. That's but, all I'm saying. I'm just, you know, these but, are all but 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 what you're saying though is you're making assumptions about what happened the hours leading up, and I'm not making assumptions on that. I'm making. I'm talking about what happened during the course of the 90 minute event. That's that's the difference okay. here, Pete. But you don't know what happened. You said that all you said was the little snippet where the reporter said that you know he asked a softball question. But Pete. I don't know what happened. It was the whole session. I, I don't know Pete, what happened. Pete, there. Pete, I, Pete. Yes, sir. Yes, let me read yes. you this because I'm not jumping okay. to what happened at noon yesterday or two o'clock. I'm talking. It says the overall. I'm sp- I'm reading directly from 
the Star Tribune, the overall tone of the 90-minute event that would qualify as exceedingly gentle questioning. That that's what I'm speaking to. Uh, so I, all I'm saying oh. is you're, 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 you're saying you're saying that I don't have the information and you're right. I'm reading from the strip and I'm saying that I'm not going to. And I don't think that you should also jump to, well, what happened the hour I, before okay. the two hours I, before? I, I, I apologize. I missed the part where the overall tone. All I heard was uh, somebody asked her a softball question. So okay. I didn't hear the overall tone of the whole thing. I got you. I got now you. that you said that, I, I, now, I'm, now I'm good. I got you. All right. Thanks for the phone call. From, from I, I, I appreciate the phone call. From, me and Pete are pretty much on the same page. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say that nobody over the course of her day in Minnesota um, saw her or approached her or, you know, maybe didn't get an, a question that was that was asked or answered. Right. I don't know that. I'm just speaking to the event yeah. to the event. Yep. That's all that we're speaking to. And and to me, that is the bottom line. I just think that we could have been more effective with actually having a Supreme Court justice at the University of Minnesota. 651-461-9226. When we return, I do got a sports item that I want to get to next. It involves a retired pitcher by the name of Trevor May. Uh, Trevor May, as you all know, former Twins pitcher, he had quite a few things to say yesterday. We get to that next year on the Lake Show. All right, congratulations to Trevor May on a fine career in Major League Baseball. The former twin and most recently uh, Oakland A's closer announced his retirement on Monday. But it wasn't just a simple, I've enjoyed my time in Major League Baseball. I loved every single minute. No, the nine-year veteran, he... um. He had a few things he wanted to get off his chest during his final farewell. He did it on a a, a Twitch stream. And he said that he loved every single person in the A's organization, the final team that he pitched for, except for one guy. And that would be owner John Fisher. Uh, This is what Trevor May had to say. Pretty, Pretty opinionated. I've heard I'm opinionated too. Sell the team, dude. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually takes pride in the things they own, own something. There's actually people that give up expletive about the game. Let them do it. May then criticized Fisher for being afraid of cameras, and he struggled at not eviscerating that guy during his lone season with the organization. He would go on to say, you're a billionaire. You guys have all this power. You shouldn't have any because you haven't earned any of it. Reality is you is you got handed everything you have, and now you're too soft to sit and stand in front of or take any responsibility for anything you're doing. Yeah, whatever. Oakland is Oakland. You can make all the cases. It's not a great city. I think that this is a very, very un- unfortunate situation. First off, Congratulations to Trevor May on a on a on his major league baseball career. Oh yeah, definitely. And he had a, a couple of I, I think solid seasons with the Minnesota Twins on the on the back end. Yes, like like yeah. right before he left here, the final year and a half. <laughs> no, don't go. He he, yeah. ste- he stepped it up, yeah. and then he ended up getting the big money yep. in free agency when he went to the uh, to the Mets. Mets. Yep. All right. So, um, when I look at this, I think the very unfortunate part of professional sports, especially with teams that struggle and then eventually move on to another town. Yeah. 
is a situation like we see in Oakland where it just seemed like the last few years in Oakland, the ownership group was not willing to do what it takes to improve the team, improve the facility, upgrade the stadium, and give it a chance in Oakland. And I think that that's the part that just totally sucks for the people in Oakland. And so now they're bolting to Vegas, right? Everybody's trying to do the Vegas thing right now. (laughs) But I just think about that. If you live in Oakland, California, and and you feel a certain way because the Raiders – go to Vegas, and now the A's are going to Vegas? Yeah. That, that's a bummer. Yeah. It's not fair. It's it's really not fair to the people that have poured their heart into that organization. And uh, kind of like you said, the ownership has just kind of had their hands in their pockets. They have not done a single thing to help that organization push. And I don't one, think that that's right. One progressive foot forward at all. I don't, and, and that's the part I don't think that it that is right. Because yeah. remember now, years ago, when the the Wolves, it seemed like they were going to be headed out of here and they would go to, what was it, New Orleans or whatever. Yeah. And then also when they were talking about uh, contracting uh, the Twins. If you're in a situation where the fans are just supporting and supporting and supporting, of yeah. course, oh, yeah. right? You, the, the, the leagues are going to be like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard for us to, to really justify. Now, with Oakland, fans weren't showing up. No, now, that no. didn't help the cause – but I, I do think that the organization should put their best foot forward, right, to at least say, okay, we want you to show up. This is why we want you to show up. We want this sports experience to be one that everybody in Oakland will benefit from. Now, now could more fans have showed up and supported the team? No question about it. For sure. But, but could the organization and the team and the owner have done more? Yeah. That's where I'm with Trevor May. Yeah, uh, well, not to mention, have have you been to the Coliseum before? No, I've never been to Oakland. It's I've never been, but all I've, I've heard, heard is it's just the dump. <laughs> like, so you've never than, been either? No, but okay. I, I've I've heard nothing like no good things about it. So that's point A. I mean, that's the that's the minuscule point as far as this organization issue is concerned. But still, if you're not yeah, but we money, say the same thing about the trop. They say that, and I've never been, but they say the You're same right, thing yeah. about Tampa. Yeah, they say it's it's a dump. That's what they say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, their attendance hasn't been up even when the play, even in the playoffs. It wasn't that hot. That, that high, yeah. Well, what, what does it say about the owner? <laughs> yeah, correct. They're not, pouring, they're not pouring enough money to at least get a renovation or give them a reason to be at the ballpark, and that's kind of the issue. Is you go to Oakland, uh, Oakland A's game right now, you probably will see the same things you saw in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, like that kind of thing. All right, coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather. And then, you know, one thing I think that needs to be addressed, with the, the, the conversation about name, image, and likeness, and universities, and how much money you're spending, and it going to athletes and all this. I, I get the conversation, but I do believe that right now, there's a warped way at how today's college athletes look at NIL. I'll address that next year on The Lake Show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. News Talk 830 WCCO. I have, for the longest time, been in favor of athletes getting paid. And one of the things that I love about NIL deals are that, um, to me, the individuals that are benefiting the most out of this new landscape for college athletics are the women. I love that. I love that Paige Beckers is getting paid. I love that Caitlin Clark is getting paid. I love that because we know that the – $100 handshakes and the secret stuff that was going on with football players and basketball players years ago, that's that's been around, okay? Now, today is a new day. But with all of that being said, okay, in this name, image, and likeness, and for all those coaches out there that are um, complaining about it and they're complaining about NIL, they're complaining about the transfer portal, you know the reason why they're doing that is because they don't know how to successfully be continue to be as good as and effective as they've been in the new state of college athletics. That's all it is. That's why Dabo was complaining about it. Um, I've even heard some comments from PJ. Uh, Look, your university's got to get good at navigating the new world of college athletics. Bottom line, and and that includes the coaches. But I do believe that when you look at today's landscape of college athletics, there's a warped way at how today's college athletes look at NIL. And this is the one issue that I have with the athletes specifically, okay? And I can take your, your commentary on the text line, the City's One Plumbing Talking text line, 651-461-9226. The issue, the one issue I have with the student athletes in this specific time of NIL is don't decide on your school based on NIL money. To, to me, that just, it's so weird that that is the stance. Now, I know that many of you out there are like, well, hold on. If we're saying that they're going to get paid to play, why would they not choose it based on who's going to give them the most money? Or who's, like, I get getting money, but isn't part of the college experience like the dream of where I want to play? Isn't part of it also based on, well, I know that I'm starting somewhere, so I'm going to start in on a degree. Whether you finish or not is another conversation. But the institution itself should be valued 
It shouldn't just be about the financial dollars. You should base it on where you really want to play and succeed and get paid. I yeah. just I just think that the this new mentality with the the student athletes. I get that you want to get money, but I think that if that's all that it's about and you're being supremely selfish in that way, yeah. I just don't think your college experience is going to be the best that it can be. Well, and I always I feel like this is such a cliche answer, but it, I feel like this has kind of been also lost in the shuffle that you should always, no matter how good you may be at sports, always have a contingency plan. For sure. So stick with your academics. Go to the school that will actually be of quality academic value. Yeah, playing for that team is probably the best option too, but – not everybody makes it to the big leagues. You can make a ton of money in college, but no, I get, that, that roof is only so high. Yeah, I get that, but 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 that's but but I think that because I am somebody that looks at it and says, yes, you should value the education part yeah. of it too, and that's coming yeah. from the son of an educator. But I think on the other hand, though, I got no issue if somebody says, well, in the the realm of looking at everything that's on the list here, if this is the dream school here, yeah. I've grown up wanting to be. Uh, a member of the Kentucky Wildcats, or played okay. at at Bama. Yeah. Like, if, if that's a notch above the academic part, because to me, it's not always about the university that you attend. There are good, there are a lot of great institutions all over this country, and so you can get a good edge. If but it has to do with where your mind is, where your mindset is. If you're going to college and you think and you're hell bent on, I'm going to be a pro. I'm not going to be here long. I'm only going to be in school for. Two years, or if you're playing football, you get redshirted and you get another two years. Whatever. That's that's a game changer. But to me, I would love to see the mindset shift back a little bit into the mentality of, you know what, let's think about the school and where I want to be, and then the money is going to be able to, to track me once I select that. Because what is the thing that we're always told, right, that you do things for the love and then the money will follow you? Right, we're always we're always told that like if you love what you do, mm-hmm. that the money eventually will catch up. And if you're if you're a great athlete anyway, and you say you say that you want to go to whatever that university is now, it, unless this university is that poor at going and selling you, yeah. then yeah, you should not have that much of a problem. No, you shouldn't. No, I, I get you. I a lot of I think both sides of the fence are correct. Do the NIL thing, do your thing with sports, go make it big in the world, or get your bag now in college. You'll be fine for a little bit. There's a people there's a, people are making a massive amount of money just in college alone. I'm sure they'll be fine. Let me ask you this. All right, so would you would you be somebody that would all right, so so let's say because you you know you 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 know you're pretty you know big guy, football. I'm, I'm you not play Henry football, Lake right? Big, but I'm big. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. There you go. Football. You played football in high school, right? Nope. Didn't play football at all. Baseball, basketball. Ba- all right. So so if the, what school would be your dream school for playing sports? Like for me, if I was six, seven, or whatever. if I was an accomplished basketball player, I'd love to play at University of Kansas. I mean, I, I, obviously, Oklahoma's for many reasons, would be my yep. top of the pick because 
A, their basketball and baseball, not too shabby. Um, but, yeah, that would be the top pick because academically and athletically would be my reasoning. All right. So, so in that, and you just pointed something yes. out, both of those. Yep. If, because I wasn't some Division One athlete, in, in my world, from an academic side of things, yeah. Morehouse is my dream school. Now, if you say, what is the basketball institution that you would just love to – of course it's, it's Kansas. Yeah. Of course it is. Oh, yeah. KU, rock chalk. But at the end of the day, you're going to go with what's best suited for you. Yep. And, and to me, I just want to see those – the athletes – not look at this NIL thing. Because, look, NIL money can be life-changing money. I get that yeah. for whatever athlete out there. Paige Beckers, we don't know how things are going to play out at the WNBA. Because, quite frankly, she's probably going to make more money at UConn than she'll make the first few years in the WNBA. Yeah. But I just want them to get back to that, not necessarily deciding the school and institution based on NIL money. Base it more on what you want to play and where you ultimately want to succeed. 651-461-9226. Coming up next, hamstring injuries. Justin Jefferson, he's dealing with one. We're going to talk to Dr. Ryan Fader, orthopedic doctor with the line of health. We have some questions for him, and we get to that next year on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show, News Talk 830-WCCO. Around 180 NFL players injure a hamstring each season, This results in an average of 13 missed days of play, depending on the severity, which can be extremely detrimental to a team. Well, right now, Minnesota Viking fans are down in the dumps. They're dealing with a hamstring injury to their best player in the best wide out and wide receiver in the National Football League by the name of Justin Jefferson. And joining us now uh, to talk about hamstrings and hamstring injuries is Dr. Ryan Fader, orthopedic expert with the line of health. Uh, and thank you so much, Dr. Fader, for uh, being on the show tonight. Hey, Henry. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back, although I was last time I was on this show was about five, six years ago discussing uh, Teddy Bridgewater's knee injury, and I hate to be back because this means another Vikings injury. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so so full transparency, before we get started, you have not treated Justin Jefferson. I just want to lay that out there for the listening audience because I don't want people to think, oh, well, he's got the inside scoop on specifically Justin Jefferson's body. But you're well-versed in knowing about hamstrings and hamstring injuries. So let's start with, the, very simplistically, can you explain how hamstring injuries occur? Yeah, it's a good question. So the hamstring is actually a group of three muscles that run you know, through the back of the leg or the thigh. They start up by the butt bone, and they run all the way to the back of the knee. And it's a, you know, it's a very common injury in athletes that are involved in dynamic sports or explosive, explosive sports like football and soccer, where there's a lot of you know, sprinting, taking off, cutting, pivoting, stopping real quick. And so what can happen is you can injure that, mu- that muscle group at a, you know, in a variety of locations. It can occur up in the tendon, which are a little bit more serious injuries, you know, sometimes this occurs a little bit lower, kind of in the middle of the thigh, and those are typically more of a muscular injury. Um, but, you know, real broad spectrum of injuries that can occur. So let me ask you this. Um, when, we, when we talk about hamstring injuries, are, are there things that lead up to a hamstring injury sometimes that we can kind of feel one coming on? The reason why I ask that is because you'll hear from time to time, you'll hear people, hear people say things like, well, I've got my hamstrings kind of tight. Does that mean that a hamstring injury is, is on the verge of something that's going to be a result of maybe how you're maybe operating in, in your life or, or some of the things that maybe you're doing in terms of training or at the gym? 
Well, it's really hard to identify, you know, who may or may not um, sustain one of these injuries. I do think that there are certain activities that put you at risk, some of which I, you know, mentioned others good like water skiing. And, you know, these injuries can occur in young, young athletes that are still growing and skeletally mature. But, you know, to your question about built, being built tight, I think every athlete and every person in general is just built different. And, you know, there's speculation, could this be due to particular imbalance or could this be due to you know, too many minutes, too many miles, that, that kind of that kind of uh, theory as well. But it, we really don't have a, a strong, you know, inkling clinically of who is going to sustain one. Probably the biggest indicator would, would be a previous injury. Yeah. We're talking to Dr. Ryan Fader, orthopedic expert with the line of health here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, so a lot of times, and this is one thing that we all love, if you're playing fantasy football, if you're now we're in the, the, the age of wagering on sports, right, you're looking at – who was injured, and we're seeing who's probable, who's questionable, who's doubtful, who's going to be out. When you look at um, injuries like a high ankle sprain, you know, you'll see these timelines about whether someone's going to be out four weeks to six weeks or whatever. What, what is the, the treatment and recovery like specifically for a hamstring injury? So they can be, you know, they can be very nuanced. And to your point about, you know, waging on these players, I, anytime I see a hamstring injury on, in my fantasy football league, it makes me a little bit weary because there's just such a broad spectrum of injury that can occur. A lot of these high ankle sprains and some of these other injuries are a little bit more predictable in their timelines. But hamstrings, you know, can range anything from an immediate need for surgery um, if the tendon tears off of the butt bone or, um, you know, can be kind of a lingering thing that lasts just a couple of weeks that an athlete's able to kind of play through and work through and continue to get stronger. And sometimes these can be really long last lingering injuries. And so, Getting an athlete back is it's it's very tricky, and I think that you know it starts with a, a very good exam. I know they've got a great team of doctors with the Vikings that can you know assess that athlete and kind of figure out how severe this injury is. We use advanced imaging, you know, MRIs to kind of look at how severe the damage is and the location of the injury, and then really formulate a plan um, with, as a team approach with you know trainers, strength coaches, nutritionists, coaching you know the doctors, and uh, come up with a good game plan. So it just really involves mobilizing these patients you know, as early as you can in a non-painful way, keeping the muscles going, really cutting down the inflammation and just promoting healing in that muscle and eventually trying to build them back up and just balancing that with the risk of re-injury. Dr. Fader, you know, when we opened up the segment, I said that according to some of the information that we have, uh, typically an average of 13 missed days of play. Um, What has been the longest that you've seen somebody out due to having a hamstring injury that you've personally dealt with? Yeah, I mean, in some of our professional soccer players, they, we, you can see these ling- these lingering injuries where they're they'll sit out for four to six weeks, and we, you know, sometimes can return too early or can you know sustain a kind of a freak injury that can lead to a re-injury. Um, I've seen these injuries, you know, linger throughout guys' careers. To be honest with you, in some scenarios, not not indicating that that's the scenario here with Justin Jefferson, but it just uh, it's it's really hard to predict. And you know, sometimes they're just a short-lived little low-grade strain, and sometimes they're more of a significant tear that can that can lead to lasting injury. All right, so let me ask you this, Ryan. You know, a lot of times with certain um, injuries that people sustain, um, they're able to still play through an injury, right? Just just depending on the the injury itself, the pain threshold that an athlete has, the pain tolerance, and all that other stuff. Can can can, can a person that has maybe not a light hamstring? Can you? I guess my question is, can you play through? levels of hamstring injuries absolutely and i think that that would be very normal and very common you see a lot of hamstring injuries around the nfl and and other professional sports leagues and um, 
you know, it's never my my belief that when an athlete returns, that they're going to be 100% on the day of return. I think that this is kind of a it's a progression and that going back to that balance of pushing the athlete to let them get back and play in a way that they can with low risk and uh, but you know um, not putting them too much at risk where you're going to re-aggravate things. And so yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of these players in the NFL tough guys and and their job is to heal. Their job is to to be out there on the field. And so they, they just dedicate themselves to this. And I think they have much quicker uh, recoveries than a lot of the kind of the standard weekend warrior athletes. Well, I, final question for you, because there's so many different things that guys do to treat their bodies, right? Like, are there any new things that have maybe popped up in the last five or six or seven or eight years that, that, a, that an athlete can try to do to help themselves with a hamstring injury? There's been certain things that people have offered me up to um, to do, and I haven't necessarily done it quite yet, like the cryotherapy and certain different things that way. Uh, is there one specific thing that you say, you know what, this is something that I've seen people do, and it's it's kind of helped them in the healing process? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think that this is <clears throat> really a 360-degree recovery that you're really hitting it from all directions. So it's, you know, it's optimizing nutrition. It's it's doing, you know, daily therapy and very expensive therapy, and they have you know, there, there are some things that are evidence-based and very tried and true, but what you're really starting to see is a lot of these teams have somewhat of an unlim- unlimited budget and access to some of these things, these modalities like you're discussing, cryotherapy, stem cells, and PRP is another one that you hear of. It's kind of using the, the patient's own blood and kind of those healing factors to uh, to promote healing. And so, yeah, I mean, certainly I think the NFL athlete does have access to a lot of different tools that, that may not as a recreational athlete. I don't have one that I, I, I can necessarily point to and and uh, and say that's kind of the magic or the silver bullet, but I think that really what's really important about it is that it's just a 360-degree treatment, and, and there'd be, you know, they've got an elite team of trainers and, and specialists and physical therapists and other people that are going to be helping him return, and I guarantee he's going to be doing it sun up to sun down here for the next four to six weeks. Hey, Dr. Ryan Fader, orthopedic expert, Alina Health, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on The Lake Show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Henry. All right, take care. Dr. Ryan Fader joining us here, talking about hamstring injuries. Justin Jefferson, get well soon. Coming up next, stiffer penalties for those who don't comply with gun safety laws. I'm all for it. I'll tell you why next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 